Welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast. This is episode 755, and this is my interview with Leon Logothetis. He is the kindness guy. Guys, I hope you enjoy this one. Cheers. G'day guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast. Great to have you here with me today. Man, I'm excited. Uh, what's going on? I am chilling here in my humble office on the Sunshine Coast, Australia. If you're ever over this way, man, make sure you drop me a line. I'd love to catch up. It is gorgeous. The beaches here are beautiful. Just did an ocean swim there last weekend. And um, man, just loving it. Loving the life here. You sort of squash between beaches and the hinterland. But anyway, get over to Australia. Check it out. I've got to get to a lot of other places in the world as well. I know we're limited, man, but travel is so cool. Today, I'm actually talking with uh, Leon Logothetis. And he is known as the kindness guy. He's the author of several books. His fifth book is titled Go Be Kind. And he's also the founder, producer, or the guy that's behind The Kindness Diaries. It's a documentary series on Netflix where he travels from one location to another without money um, on a very, very low budget anyway, um, and using kindness really to get himself across um, you know, whatever the journey might look like. So pretty remarkable. I think the journeys, the stories that he has uh, are plentiful. But what we really talk about in this is kindness, what it means to be kind and how we can all be a little bit more aware of kindness and perhaps in doing so, bring a bit more kindness to other people's lives, people that we meet, people that we touch and hopefully in return, a bit more kindness back towards us as well. But guys, let me know what you think. Jump onto thehiddenwire.com, episode 755. Until next time, cheers. Uh, Leon, welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. How are you going? Good. Thanks for having me. All the way from Los Angeles. Yes. That's not indeed. where you're originally from, is it? No, I'm I'm actually from London. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So what um man, you've got some some pretty amazing amazing adventures that I really want to explore with you. I know you've got a new book out as well. Um maybe your fifth book, I believe, which is Go Be Kind, Twenty Eight and a Half Adventures, speaking of adventures that are guaranteed to make you happier, which is pretty important here at The Hidden Wire. We're all about happiness. Um, so looking forward to chatting about that as well. But, man, I want to talk about some of your adventures. You've got, um, yeah, you're known as The Kindness Guy. You've got uh, a series on Netflix called The Kindness Diaries. How did this all come about? Was it just from being kind and, and traveling? Or what, what's the story? What's the backstory here behind behind Leon? Yeah, so the story is that I used to be a broker in in London, um, and on the outside I had everything you could want, but nothing on the inside that you would want. Uh, I was very depressed, very disconnected, no real sense of purpose, um, and I stumbled across the movie The Motorcycle Diaries, which I is a romantic. Seen that? Yeah. Oh, you should watch it. Right. It's pretty epic. Put it on the list. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And also put Into the Wild on your list. It's oh, a yeah, great I've movie. seen that. Yeah. That's and I ended sad, up, isn't it? it? It Well, it is. <laughs> Let's not give it away. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't end well. Um, and I, it was kind of a romanticized, a romanticized version of Che Guevara traveling around South America, relying on kindness. Yeah. And it's kind of something about that movie that really touched me. Um, and so to cut a long story short, after I watched it, I left my job and started traveling the world, relying on kindness. Right. I think a lot of people can relate to that story. I certainly can. I, I sort of, I mean, everyone's got their, their different circumstances, environments and situations, but, um, you know, to be living a life where you seem to have everything that you think should make you happy, you know, a job, 
a house, car, whatever, wife, kids, and then feeling that hollowness or emptiness and in. And, and I certainly have shared my story where I felt like that, and that's when I started to really uh, become interested in personal development and investing in myself and looking within rather than externally for everything. Um, and it sounds like that's similar to what you were experiencing there as a broker in London. Yeah, pretty much. I kind of had spent my time looking on the outside for everything, and I realized pretty quickly that what I was searching for was not out there. It was in here. Yeah. So, yeah, the movie the movie was a catalyst for the change, hey? Was there anything else other than just the movie? Was it like a lead-up to that movie that made it happen? Like, you know, was it a series of events? Yeah, I mean, the movie was really the the final straw, let's say, I mean, for years I'd kind of, you know, been working, walking into work and and feeling down and feeling like uninspired and feeling like there was a total lack of purpose, um, feeling very alone, profoundly alone. Um, And no one really knew except me uh, because I was wearing what many of us do. We wear a mask and the mask says to the world, oh, I'm okay," But in fact, we're not. Well, I talk for myself. I certainly wasn't. So the movie really was kind of the final straw. Hmm. This mask you talk about, what, where do you think that mask comes from that we wear? I mean, is it a need to satisfy an ego? Is it a need to sort of cover up our suffering? Um, how do you yeah, I think the mask? Yeah, I think really it's we fear being vulnerable. Hmm. Because I, I talk for myself. I mean, I feared being vulnerable in the sense that I um, – didn't want to be my real self because in the past when I had been my real self, I'd been squashed. And I think many of us are like that as well. We learn to hide. We learn to put up walls that keep us safe per se. But in fact, ultimately, maybe as kids, they kept us us safe. But as adults, they do the opposite. They keep us away from each other. They keep us from being connected. And only when we take them off do we really manage to be our truest selves. Yeah, I wonder if we have them as kids. Like, I, I can certainly relate in my life. And I know you, you say, you know, this is your perception, but I think this topic alone is very important. And a lot of people, um, whether they want to admit it or are aware of it or want to remain ignorant to it, um, have these same feelings. Um, but yeah, for that mask, I, I sort of feel that it maybe develops in our later teen years uh, more than anything. And perhaps as children, we, we don't have ourselves, uh, our, our mask on, but how do you identify this true self? What is true self that you talk about? Well, I guess the truest self is, is, is the self that we were in some ways as kids, um, before it was broken out of us, let's say, uh, whether or not it's when we're young kids, whether or not it's when, whether, when we're teens, um, and, and we forget to be who we, who we truly were. Like sometimes people say to me, how do I know what I really want to do in life? You know? And I always say to them, well, what did you want to do as a kid? And they're like, Hmm, well, I wanted to do this. And like, well, that's it. That's where it lies. So the truest self is the self without the society's, um, norms hoisted on us, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. So a life of conditioning, our upbringing, um, cultural beliefs that sort of are embedded in us create this false self, the masked self. Exactly, exactly. Right. So in your, I mean, obviously you've, you've been on uh, some amazing adventures uh, and I'd like you to share a couple of them perhaps with us, but um, in your adventures, you know, you would have met a lot of people um, and, and seen this first-handed, both people that are, are 
covered and behind these masks and people that are not. Um, is there anything that you felt um, was unique about those that weren't sort of wearing this mask? Yes, I would say the, the thing that's unique is that they're coming from their heart. Right. They're coming from their, their purest self. They're connected on a different level. Um, they're vibrating at a higher late, uh, higher uh, from a higher place. Hmm. I'd say those two things, vibrating higher and coming from your heart, although theoretically that's the same thing. What is it? Is there, was there differences in, in where they were living? Like did you find that more people were sort of identifying identifying with their true self, you know, in certain places of the world or environments? Um, I, I, if I were to generalize, I'd say outside of the cities because you're closer to nature, you're closer to, um, you know, being more connected. But it doesn't mean that people in the cities can't be connected to their to their hearts. They can, and I've and I've met many. Hmm. But if I was to ge- if I was to generalize, I would say the further away you are from society, let's say, the more <laughs> open the more open you are with your heart. Okay, so it's really. I mean, we could look at our lifestyle and, and society, how how society influences our lifestyles has a big impact on, you know, putting up this external wall or mask that um, hides our, our sort of true identity, um, mm-hmm. even though I'm not sure there is any true identity anyway, um, because it's all, you know, thoughts and, and stuff that's out of our control, it seems. But, um, yeah, that's quite fascinating in itself. How did you you know, in your journey as a broker to then going, watching that document, um, was it a documentary, Motorcycle Diaries? No. Yeah, it's um, a film. Watching the film and then, and then really going on that adventure. How did you start to uncover and take off the mask? Well, do you know what? I really think that the first moment of, of, of even having an awareness of the mask was after I watched the, the Motorcycle Diaries. Right. Uh, and that was in 2004, end of 2004. Yeah. So you know, it took a long time, and and still, it's not like I'm completely mask free. I'm not, um, and I don't think anyone is. I mean, I, I would uh, maybe argue that even the Dalai Lama isn't, but I don't know because I've never met him. But um, it's a it's a long process. It's a, it's a process of kind of unlearning, let's say, as opposed to to learning new things. You unlearn everything that society has taught you, whether it be your parents, whether it be the news, whether it be the media, whether it be um, school, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. A lot of people struggle with this thought of, you know, unlearning and then connecting with something like that inner child, I guess people might refer to. Um, you know, the idea of, oh, I could actually pursue something that I really love in life and, um, you know, live this sort of, it sounds like a fantasy dream life. Um, where I'm just free to, to be myself and do what I want and not care about what other people think and, uh, you know, go on these adventures or whatever it might be. A lot of people would find that very fanciful, um, if that's a word, uh, and hard to accept because of the way that we live our lives. Like, well, how am I actually going to make that possible? I need to keep this job, you know, I've got a mortgage to pay, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm sure you've come across that a lot too, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying it's easy. Hmm. And I'm saying that if you put your mind to something, anything is possible. Yeah. Um, you know, people would many, many years ago would, would think that how on earth can man land on the moon? But we landed on the moon. Hmm. Um, you know, so if you have where there is a way, where there is a will, there is a way. Yeah. And I just happen to want to spend my life 
in this path. So I've managed in many respects to, let's say, lower that mask as often as I can. If I hadn't watched that movie, if I hadn't decided to dedicate my life to this, then maybe I wouldn't have. And I would be in the same boat. I'd be like, it's impossible. But it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible. No. So you were probably, what, late 20s, I guess, when you said, okay, I've got to do something different. I'm going to radically change my life and and quit and leave everything behind and, and go on this adventure. Yep, I was 28. 28, okay. And how did you make that work? Like, you know, you're a broker, you've probably had a lot of other commitments. How did, just run us through what that looks like. Well, I didn't have a wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't have any kids. I was, on that level, I was pretty free. Um, And really what pushed me, let's say, over the cliff was pain. So pain propelled me to find a solution to the way I was living my life. Right. Had I not been suffering, had I not been depressed, had I not been alone, had I not been feeling down to the nth degree, um, I probably wouldn't have. So sometimes people, they, they want to stay away from pain. Oh, pain's too much. I get it. It is. But if you can use that pain to push you through whatever you need to be pushed through. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Like pain, you know, is there for a reason. And if you look, think about physical pain, if you, you know, hold a flame to your hand, you'll feel the burn and hopefully that'll <laughs> push you enough to move your hand away from the flame. Um, and exactly. that's the same with, with pain in our lives, you know. Hopefully it's a sign that we should be doing something different and hopefully, I mean, I, I think, you know, pain can build up and up and up and up and get to a point where you just go, I cannot handle this pain uh, no more. And I, I certainly, um, I still do things that, that cause my own suffering and, and pain in life and um, I think there's a lot of things that I don't do anymore or have reduced because I've felt that this is just not no longer tolerable. You know, I can't deal with this pain anymore. It's becoming more noticeable and, and unacceptable. Exactly. So sometimes, uh, well, Winston Churchill has a famous quote, and he says, when you find yourself walking through hell, keep walking. And I think that's what he meant. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? It's a good one. Um, so t- tell us some of your um, early adventures. Like when you, when you first set out, what did you do? You, you finished your job and... Well, I, I, I traveled, I, I went to Nepal, um, I did a lot of, a, a lot of traveling. Um, and one of the first things I did after the, 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 watching the movie actually was I hitchhiked from Times Square to the Hollywood sign with $5. So I had five, I gave myself $5 a day and I relied entirely on the kindness of strangers. Um, and I remember arriving in Times Square and thinking to myself, oh my God, what have I done? How on, this is impossible. So you flew to Times Square from London? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, it's like, how on earth am I going to travel to Hollywood without anything? And I thought, okay, I've messed this one up. But uh, I persevered and I ended up, you know, finding my way to Hollywood, which was just incredible based on the kindness of strangers. How long was that trip? Uh, it took about a month. A month. So you had enough money to sort of last you. I don't know if you had that, that time frame in mind when you started, but you allowed $5 a day to survive on. Yeah. Um, how can you even live on five dollars a day? Like, I mean, food's more expensive than that in America, I'm sure. You can't, except if you rely on kindness, and then you can. Uh huh. So. And and people couldn't give me money. Yeah. It was just generosity. It was just heart, heart. You know, heart energy is what I was looking for. That was your rule that people couldn't give you money, or people just didn't yes, want to give you money. That, no, that, no, they wanted to give me money, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't accept it. There was no money, just kindness. Okay. So what, 
I mean, that's obviously kindness, people being very kind to you, you know, giving you lifts, giving you rides, giving you food. I don't even know how that looks like because I can't imagine it, but um, maybe you can explain. How does that look like when you're, you're there and hitchhiking and, and looking for that next meal? What, what, what are some of the experiences or memories that you have of that? I mean, you know, people stepping up left, right and center. Uh, yeah, a lot of people said, no, don't get me wrong. But one of the journeys, I remember I was in Indianapolis and I ended up, uh, I was on a, a bench and I was talking to this lady. She had a, outside a hotel and she had a, she had a one-year-old son. And I told her that I was on my way to Chicago. And she was, uh, had just come from Chicago. She was in a wedding in Indianapolis. And she said to me, well, look, if you could find your way to Chicago, here are my only set of keys. You can eat the chili from my fridge, sleep on my couch, and leave the keys in the flower pot the next day. And I was like, whoa, like what inside? I was like, actually, I think it was outside as well. I was like, what? Like, are you being serious? She's like, yeah. I was like, all right. So I took her keys, went to Chicago, uh, met some people, and they drove me there. It was only three hours away. Ate the chili from her fridge, slept on her couch, and left the keys in the flower pot the next morning. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it was. It was I mean, like, had, do, you, do you come across that sort of thing too often? I mean, that's very for a stranger to meet a stranger and offer that sort of kindness is is pretty hardcore. Yeah, no, it's very hardcore. But I met amazing <laughs> people. I mean, I met people that 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 did that. That that let me stay in their houses. That were just unbelievably kind. And it's interesting because when I sign, when I do book signings, people come up to me, and the ones that have travelled, they say to me. I've experienced this type of kindness. And the ones that haven't traveled, they say, how on earth did you do it? And what that shows me is that when you go out into the world and you meet the world, you realize what it's really like. Uh, yeah, sure, there's bad stuff that goes on. I get it. And you've got to be clever. You can't you know, just like go without any intuition and just accept ev- everyone's kindness because mm. you can't do that. But uh, there is a whole beautiful world out there that many of us don't even know about. So have you found yourself sleeping on benches or in parks or anything like that on those on those trips? Um, well, when I did the trip with the yellow motorbike, I slept in the in in, in the sidecar. So what I was the yellow motorbike? In, Just refresh us. That was from Yeah, I drove from Los Angeles yeah. all the way around the world back to Los Angeles with no money, relying on kindness. Um, and there were times, yeah, where I slept in the sidecar. Uh, and there were also t- there was one time specifically, actually, when I was in Pittsburgh, um, and I ended up uh, chatting with this this chap. I asked him if I could stay in his house. He turns around. He says, "Look, I'm really sorry. I'm homeless. I, I feel a lot of shame because clearly I'm not homeless in in my real life." And I'm about to walk off, and he turns around and says, "Well, you know what? If you want, why don't you stay with me tonight? I'll feed you. I'll protect you, and I'll give you some clothes." And that's exactly what happened. And I ended up sleeping on the streets of Pittsburgh with this chap. How did you get your bike? Like your, your bike is a bike with a sidecar, did you say? Yep. How did you get the bike around around the globe for free? Yeah. So I ended up uh, speaking to multiple shipping companies, uh, ocean liners, and they all said no, except one. They said yes. So I crossed the Atlantic Ocean on a container ship with the bike, and I crossed the Pacific Ocean on a container ship with the bike. So sleeping in the container with the bike or? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I was sleeping in a cabin. So they gave you a cabin as well? They did. 
Okay. Is this part of the documentary series that you recorded? Yes, or? yes, yes. That's the Kindness Diaries. Okay, so that, that would probably help a fair bit. Uh, it, it did help. It did help. Did you have a film crew with you or was it just yourself? No, I had a uh, – well, on the ship, I only had one cameraman. But when I was doing the journey, I had a film crew. Okay. And how, did you, is that all sort of recorded and, and through kindness you, you were able to make that happen? Like people just came and recorded and filmed for free or how did that all work? No, 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 no. The the show, The Kindness Diaries, which is on Netflix, is a show. Yeah. So the, the crew ended up sleeping in hotels. They had money. I didn't. Yeah. I relied on kindness and they filmed me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So how do you go about... I mean, is it? It's, it's obviously a case of you needing to be kind as, as well. Um, but I assume you have to often ask for things. You can't just be kind, and hopefully, people will be kind back and give you, you know, uh, their keys to their house or whatever. No, clearly. I mean, you know, I have to ask people if I can stay in their houses. I have to ask people for many things. But it's it's the ask. The ask comes after the connection. Yeah. So clearly, I connect with them. And then, and then we go from there. And many people say no. It's not like I walk up to someone and say, "Can I stay in your house?" <laughs> in your house? And they're like, "Yeah, absolutely, come over." It doesn't, you know. It, there has to be a, an energetic exchange, mm. and that's. And from that point on, um, I ask to stay in their houses. And that's a really good um, a sales strategy, really, isn't it? It's building rapport and connecting with people uh, first and foremost before you ask. Um, and that's exactly you know, in life as well. So what, what are your rules around? Well, not rules, I guess, but h- how do you really connect with people? Like what are your, uh, yeah. What are your techniques to, to really build that connection? Well, really, I only have one technique and that is to connect with their hearts. Yeah. So I come from my heart and, uh, I connect with their hearts. And I guess if you would, there's another strategy person, if you want to call it a strategy and that is to find something that, uh, it, we can relate to. So, for example, if I'm in Italy and I meet an Englishman, I will immediately ask them what team they support. Hmm. And most English people like football. Yeah. So they'll tell me their team. And then from that moment on, that's it. We're connected. Does it mean they're going to help me? No. But it does mean that we can't get to connect. Yeah. So find some common grounds. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So in, in the book, Go Be Kind, 28 and a Half Adventures, guaranteed to make you happy. What uh, what do you hope to achieve? Look, many people, the reason why I wrote that book is because many people would come up to me after the show and they would say, you know, I don't, I don't have enough money to leave my job and go around the world. How can I be kind? Implying that, you know, I, I had an advantage and kindness is something that you only do on a big level. Yeah. And I would say to them, look, you don't need a yellow motorbike. You don't need a yellow beetle. You just need your heart. And you can do it moment to moment. And that's really what it's all about, doing it moment to moment um, and showing up in your life with, with some kindness. And don't get me wrong, you don't have to do it um, perfectly. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, I would never go out there and say, oh, I'm the kindest guy and I'm perfect. I mean, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. No one no, the Dalai Lama, I assume, isn't perfect, <laughs> but I don't know him, so I don't know. Um, it's really about how you show up. Yeah, show up moment to moment, and 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 that that that's really what the book is about—to kind of inspire people on a daily basis to do these little fun adventures that kind of build the muscle of compassion 
build the muscle of empathy, build the muscle of kindness. Hmm. So can you give us a couple of maybe your favorites from the book, adventures that people could maybe just, you know, get a bit of insight to, maybe even give a try, um, just to encourage them to, you know, pick up a copy of the book as well? Sure, sure. So one of one of the adventures is ask a child hmm. what kindness means to them. Yeah. Because we've forgotten, we've like lost that purity of spirit and the ki- kids haven't. And they and when you ask a kid what does kindness mean to you, it kind of their answer touches our hearts and mirrors back to us what is actually inside us. So I don't know, you find a nephew or a niece or or, or a son or a daughter or whatever and you ask them that and then you write it down. Um, and then you have to kind of like go in there and, 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 and say what kindness means to you. Like there's another one that is find a hero. So for me to be a hero, all you have to do is be kind. So you have to kind of go out into the world and be a hero for someone by simply being kind. Um, so with the, that, um, when you're talking about what does kindness mean to you, can I ask you that question? What does kindness mean to you? Sure. Um, kindness for me is simply helping someone feel less alone. That's, that's it. Hmm. Um, we all know what it feels like to be alone. Um, and we all know what it feels like, I hope to be connected. So really when you're helping someone feel less alone, that's, that's kindness. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I would have said, you know, if you ask me the question that kindness is giving or serving others, without any expectation of return or reward or anything like that. Yeah, look, that's the beauty of kindness as well. It's it can be adapted it really to that. exactly it can be adapted to each individual, but one of the things for me really what is kindness? Kindness is a portal to human connection. Hmm. When you're kind to another person, you then get to connect with them. Uh, and that's I think what we're suffering from in, in the western world for sure is this lack of connection. Um, and the way into that connection is to be kind. Yeah. Have you done much research or studies behind, you know, kindness and, and how it's evolved with, with humankind um, and things like that? Do you know what? I have not. I, I just go with my heart. Mm. I, know, I know how I feel when someone's kind. I know how I feel when someone's unkind. Uh, and that's another adventure in the book. You kind of get to ask ask yourself the question: What does it feel like when someone's kind to you? Yeah. And what does it feel like when someone's unkind to you? A wise man once told me that uh, people don't remember what you say to them; they remember how you make them feel. Hmm. Who said that to you? Uh, just a, uh, I have heard a, that a man, before. A, yeah, a man I know, but clearly he clearly stole it from someone <laughs> else. Was. Yeah, <laughs> this um, this whole idea of kindness, but I mean, you know, for me, I would think about it quite heavily. I'm, I'm a deep thinker, but have you thought about how it relates to? Because I mean, I think deep down, most of us have this this kindness within us, um, and we all have this level of or ability to hate as well. And I don't know if what's the opposite to kindness, um, unkindness. I don't know, but um, you know, have you thought about? how it's sort of evolved with us and, and why, why kindness is, is key. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, many, many eons ago, we were all living in caves and it was a sense of, 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 of community, let's say. And, um, now we live behind a screen 
and we're not in a community. And when you're living in a community, you're relying on each other. And kindness is, is, is part of that reliance. And mm. now we live behind these screens and we don't rely on each other as much. Yeah. And that's why in some respects, I think, I mean, this isn't scientific, but in some respects, when tragedies happen, everyone all of a sudden becomes kind. Yeah. Why? Because in some way, our, com our communal DNA gets, gets um, sparked and we remember that we need each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty important. I mean, I think you know, kindness for relationships is, is probably what it's all about, and relationships are uh, scientifically proven. Um, and again, I don't know all the science, but um, they are showing more and more that relationships, love, etc., uh, are fundamental for our health and longevity and happiness. Um, and that would indicate that kindness is uh, an, a way for us to make those connections and, and build those relationships, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I can tell you that relationships are a big part of my life, and 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 as a human being, that's what we need. We're communal animals. Yeah, I think you must find too. And I've travelled a fair bit. Whilst travelling, I found that perhaps I was more kinder as well as I met more seemingly more kinder people. But when we're in the thick of work life you know, society, day to day, whatever, whatever this life is that we live these days, it seems harder to identify that. And I'm sure it's all around us, but we just don't, perhaps aren't open to it, you know, because we're all so self-absorbed. We just don't see it. And um, obviously being self-absorbed doesn't allow us to express it either. What do you, I mean, you must have experienced things like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I used to travel to kind of feel alive yeah. um, and, I, and I would come home and I would, I would feel dead. I mean, it's an exaggeration, but sometimes that's how I felt. Um, but what I realized was that what I was seeking out there in the world was right here next to me as well. Hmm. And I needed, I needed to understand that. And I needed not to use travel as a way to find kindness or to find adventure because it's right here as well. Hmm. You know, some people, they come here, let's say LA, to kind of get away from their home and they find it. But, you know, I'm here. It's same with you. I don't know. Where do you live? Sunshine Coast, Australia. Okay, great. Hmm. So there are many people that come to the Sunshine Coast in Australia to get away from their lives. And they're like, oh, my God, it's amazing. And you live there. So it's the same thing. It's like a state of mind. Hmm. Yeah. How do we, um, I suppose, break, break – I mean, obviously, just going back to the start of our conversation, connecting more with who we are and what we want to be in, in life – is probably important and, and looking at those things. I think, you know, sometimes how we live our lives, the way we are being is probably what's causing most of our own suffering and therefore limiting our ability to be kind and therefore bring in more kindness to our lives. Um, but in our day-to-day -day lives, um, beyond connecting within and, and sort of searching, doing a bit of soul searching or whatever you want to call it, how can we bring more kindness into our day-to-day -day lives where we are, you know, in, in the thick of it now without, you know, packing everything up and, and going traveling around the world? Yeah, so uh, a couple of years ago, um, I used to have a dog called Winston Churchill. Hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, as you can see, I, I like Winston Churchill. But Winston. Whatever. Winston, exactly. Winnie. And, uh, Winnie, that's exactly, what he was, that's exactly what I called him, Winnie. Yeah. Um, and one day I woke up and I realized to myself, I was, like, I was like, whoa, I treat this dog with so much love. I treat this dog with so much patience. I treat him with so much kindness. What would happen? If I did the same to the people that I met in my life, 
whether they be strangers, whether they be family members, whatever. And I, and I, and I decided to do a challenge and I called it the Winnie Love Challenge, where I was going to go out into the world and treat people with the same kindness and the same love that I treated Winston. And I did that for seven days and it changed everything. Because I realized so when you met people, you'd sort of say, "Come here, good boy." <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> and and uh, I I I ended up kind of realizing that kindness was a choice, hmm. and that if I could treat Winston with kindness, then I could treat you with kindness. Yeah. And if I chose to treat you with unkindness, that was on me. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's good, and I think once you're aware of it too, and you, and you sort of. Yeah, I think being conscious, you know, you can walk around there in your day-to-day lives and and you'll start picking up on those opportunities where you can show more kindness and love and care and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it can be done all the time. It can be done when you're picking up your Starbucks, you yeah. know. You, you look at someone and you treat them with dignity and respect and grace and, hey, how are you doing? How was your day? Thanks so much. Just something small. Start off with that. And that's what the book is about. It's about... It's more of a journal, to be honest. It's a, it's a, like an immersive, experiential journal in how to be kind. Yeah. Oh wow! I write that down because that was good. What um, I, I noticed, and I heard this the other day. You know, just by looking at someone and giving a big smile, um, actually helps other people really, you know, open up and, and be a bit more happier too uh, in their day, and whether the person smiles back or not. Um, just giving that smile. But a lot of these things. And I guess it's about vulnerability again. We, we, you know, I personally can find challenging to, um, you know, I try to do it walking down the street or going for a jog or something, saying hi to the people you pass. But some people are just, most people actually just got, seem to have their heads down and, you know, don't want to look. And then when you look at someone, I'm, I can do this often, where I, I look at someone and I go, why didn't I just smile then? Why was I having this serious face on? It's like some sort of protective barrier that I was I had on rather than just being vulnerable and opening up and, and, you're giving that kindness, you know, even if you see someone that's struggling, you, sometimes you can be hesitant to, to jump in there and help out. Um, what do you think it is that we, we're reluctant to sometimes um, show our kindness? Uh, again, I think it's an, it's an issue of fear and it's an issue of uh, fear around being vulnerable. Because if I'm vulnerable to you, you can squash me. So I'm going to stand back, put my mask on, you know, and, and, and stand at 10,000 feet. But if you come down to sea level, let's say, and you start being vulnerable, then it's risky. It's, yeah. I'm not saying it's not risky. It is. What, what have you found in, you know, in that journey yourself by opening up, being vulnerable, being kind? Have you found that you've been squashed? Like have you got some examples there that you could share? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 I certainly have been, have been vulnerable and I've been squashed. Like, for example, uh, the haters out there on the internet, they will sometimes say very, very mean things. It used to affect me, but I don't care anymore. You know, if you want to hate, that's fine. Hate. I'm going to do my very best imperfectly to respond with kindness. It doesn't mean that I do it all the time. I don't. I'm not perfect. But, um, yeah. So you've got people out there that, that are cynical. You've got people out there that, that, that say, why are you doing this? Like, you know, this is just, this isn't real or whatever it is they want to say. And I've put my life out there. I've like, I've like, I don't know if you've seen the show, but you know, it's some moments super emotional Mm. and I put it out there for everyone to see. And if you want to, to kind of ridicule it, that's okay. Do whatever you want. Yeah. It's fine. Mm. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot to it, and I think there's, um, yeah, just by having a conversation like this, bringing it to our attention, 
um, you know, certainly I'll go away thinking about this anyway. And, and in my day to day life, hopefully it'll be a bit more top of mind. Um, and I mean, I, I'm just thinking back to this morning, I had a little bit of a tiff with my four year old, um, and I probably wasn't really as kind as I could have been. So, you know, just, just having that information and bringing it to attention, I think is a, a great place to start, um, with kindness. And, and there's obviously a lot of benefits uh, from being kind. It'll make you feel better, um, as well as attract more kindness into your life, um, which I think pays off. Well, yeah, that, that for me, one of the most important things that I want people to get from Go Be Kind is simply that kindness is a win-win. Yeah. If I'm kind to you, I win and you win. Mm. Bless you. Thank you. Mate, look, it's fantastic. I'm going to stick a link of the book in the show notes. So, guys, check it out at thehiddenwide.com. The episode is 755 with... Leon Logothetis. Have I pronounced that right, Leon? You have, actually. Well done. Logothetis. Uh, mate, I've got some quick round questions I want to run through. Uh, you got uh, a few moments more? Yeah, absolutely. What do you have, uh, any routines or rituals that you believe contribute to your success uh, other than kindness? <laughs> I meditate. I do breathing. I do breath work. Um, those are the two main things I do. What does your meditation practice look like? It's really transcendental meditation. Yeah. Um... Have you, have you studied that yourself, TM? No, I mean, I haven't studied it, but, you know, I've read books about it. People have kind of taught me to a certain degree, but I wouldn't go so far as saying I've studied it. No. Have, you got a, have you got a mantra then? Because I think that's TM meditation has a mantra that you sort of, everyone adopts themselves, yeah? Ah, maybe it's not TM that I do because I don't have a mantra. I think so anyway, <laughs> but I, I, I might be wrong, but I, I think it was yeah. TM. But um, anyway, that's fine. So what does it look like, your meditation then? Like daily, how does it, what do you do? Just, you know, I, I, do, I do 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night and yep. uh, just trying to, to take my, you know, the, the, the monkey mind and, and quieten it down. Yeah. So do you sit in an office, on a chair, on the floor? What, do you, what does it look like? It depends where I am. So, for example, sometimes I'll do it in the spa, for example. Sometimes I'll do it in, uh, in my bed. Um, it really depends if I'm if I'm traveling and there's some nature. Maybe I'll sit under a tree. Yeah, and when you, I assume you close your eyes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I close my eyes. Close your eyes. And what what do you what what is your technique of calming that monkey mind of yours? Well, I just do everything in my. I don't know. I just kind of just let my mind disappear. I don't know how to explain it. It doesn't mean that I can always do that, but I, I just let my thoughts come and then when they come, they go. And I just like, you know, I just, that's how I do it. Yeah. Cool. Gotcha. What do you, what is your definition of success? My definition of success is living from your heart and sharing your gifts with as many people as you can. What advice would you give your 20 year old self? It's okay. It's okay. It'll all work itself out. Just keep going. Do you have a productivity hack, like something you do to help improve your overall effectiveness? Um, <laughs> actually, there is well, there is something actually I do. I kind of don't, like for example, with the journeys I take, I don't think too much about them. I don't think too much about them until I'm actually in them. Because if I, if I think about them, 
I wouldn't do them. For example, I did a journey where I took a 50-year-old car from Alaska to Argentina. If I were to think too much about that, I would never do it. Mm. So all I thought about was getting to Alaska. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Everything else was irrelevant. Well, within reason, of course, because you've got to arrange a few things. But I wouldn't think too much about what I'm doing until, until I've actually – it's too late and I have to do it. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I just don't think – I don't ever think things get started. Yeah, pretty cool. Exactly. I like that point. Yeah. I think we are, often do that and that uh, stops us from doing a lot of things. Uh, so that's pretty good advice. What would the – what meal would you request if it was your last meal? <laughs> Knowing me, I'd probably tell them I don't want to eat anything. Just leave me alone. Leave you alone. Yeah. And what activity brings you the greatest sense of joy? Um, playing ping pong. Oh, really? Ping pong. So what's ping? It's like table tennis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's another another word for. For table tennis. For those of those of who don't know that term, yeah, ping pong. I like it. I like that term better than table tennis. Yeah. Um, what book would you pass down to future generations? One book, other than your own. The, the drama of a gifted child. Who's that by? Uh, Alice Miller. What's it about? It basically explains why, as humans, we do what we do, what, why each individual human being does what they do. And it's pretty profound. Oh, really? There you go. That's cool. I should put that on my read, reading list. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have a quote or a, a message that you'd like to, if you could, tweet or text to everyone in the world? Never, never, never give up. Um. What do you believe we have a, a why or a purpose? I think each person is different, but yes, I think each individual definitely has a has a why and a purpose, and the beauty of life is to find it. So we've got to find it. It's not saying innate. Uh, it is to rediscover it. Let's say. Okay. What do you feel is the main motivation behind everything you do when i was a kid i had this teacher who was very kind and uh, inspired me to 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 keep on going in many ways and uh, i wanted to share what she gave me to as many people as i can yeah it's a sharing it's kindness yeah what um what's up what's happening next for you leo uh, i'm going to be driving from Scotland to Singapore for the in, season in the three. Yeah, for the season three of the show. From Scotland to Singapore, from the Highlands. From the Highlands. <laughs> um, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, it's going to be pretty epic. So, what, what's your mission? What's the what's the plan? Well, it's the same thing: no money, no food, no gas, no place to stay, um, oh, and. Yeah, and giving back at the end of uh, to, to those people, unsuspecting Good Samaritans. Yeah, sweet, man. That'd be cool. We'll have to check it out at the uh, Kindness Diaries on Netflix. I believe that's where it is. Um, you've also got some books. I'll stick a few links of your books in the show notes as well for everyone to jump online and, and um, have a read or pick a copy and have a read, uh, including the other book you mentioned there as well, Leon. So, mate, thanks for coming on and sharing and, and uh, being kind with that process. Uh, I hope you have a great journey ahead of you with the the tour and, and the rest of life. 
Thank you so much for having me. Guys, check it all out, thehiddenwire.com, episode 755. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon